You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Pastor John uh, pointed out my beautiful wife. She's about 29 weeks pregnant right now. So she doesn't have to stand, but if you could just wave. You're hot. Young guys, pray specifically, I'm telling you. Um, We also have two daughters. They are technically my stepdaughters. Step up. (laughs) Bonus daughters. I don't like like that. They're my daughters. If God would adopt me, no problem. No questions asked. I have no problem loving on them as if they were mine. So I don't make distinctions, but I have to tell you because I'll I'll tell some things in stories. Yeah, maybe that's a word for somebody. Hmm. There's no stepchildren in God's family. doesn't happen. <clears throat> anyway, if I follow side corridors, we'll never even get to the message. Um, but she's awesome. She keeps me so grounded. I'm so glad you're here, baby. I love you. Um, yeah, I would, I would just talk about her all night. And I will talk about her a little bit more. But we're going to kick off a new sermon series. And the sermon series is called The Weekend That Changed the World. The Weekend that changed the world. Do you ever think that you are part of, you're sitting in something right now that 2,000 years ago began, but it actually changed the whole world? There's an incredible book that, that speaks to what if Jesus had never come? What would our world be? Would we have a country? Where would our lives be? I love what Pastor Becky said, to lift our expectation. You know, can I share a pet peeve? Is that okay? I don't like the word just. God just, if you just, if you could just, if we just, if you could just, could you just, 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 he just, just? God is not a just, he has justice, but I'm not, God is not the God of the just. Just like Pastor Becky was saying, would you give me bread? Yes, and I will give you an embarrassing amount of leftovers. Will you help me with this financial scenario? Yes, and I'll bless you so much you can bless someone else. Will, will you help me emotionally? Yes, I'll stabilize you, your household, your kids. I will bless to the third and fourth generation. That's who we're dealing with. That's who stepped in to change the world. And he didn't need a long time to do it. He said, weekend? Yeah, I'm free. Let's do it. Time's mine. Let's step in and change all eternity. That's what Jesus did. So don't think that if you're coming here tonight, if you're watching online tonight, that that same God still can't change you in an instant. In an instant. So I have a message tonight about one aspect that I think Jesus changed our relationship with for all time. A a little bit of a disclaimer. I, I am a coach. I can get a little bit intense. I did play the devil the first time around. Do you need proof? Stay vigilant. But I, I went ahead and joined the other side. So tonight I'm not going to play the devil. I hope to play with the devil. I hope to kick some devil donkey. Because this message, this message, here's the other disclaimer. I also can get really deep. I just, you listen to the front row. Yes. Yeah, where did that, we were having ice cream and you just went to, 
You, Socrates? Who is Socrates? I can be really deep, okay? So for tonight, there's a scuba place next door. Picture me as your spiritual scuba instructor, okay? Is that okay? And if you start to run out of air or something starts to freak out within you, just look at me. Just look at me. I have been down here for a really long time. <laughs> and my wife is amening on the front row. Can we just have a polite conversation? Do we have to save the world every time? Okay? Because what I have tonight in the terms of spiritual weaponry is a bunker buster. A bunker buster is a bomb that drops from high altitude, has one explosion that pushes it down to where an enemy bunker is, then has a secondary explosion. There's stuff that we even think we're hiding from God. We're not. The enemy, the deceiver of our souls, will convince us that it's hidden. It's not. Adam, Eve, where are you? God asked, where, where are you? Not because he didn't know, because he needed to identify what was off. I'm going to maybe identify some things that are off in here tonight. And it, it's not going to be fun, but we'll try and make it fun. Is that okay? You guys cool with that? Okay, let's get into it. The message I have to preach for you today is called A Purpose in the Pain. A Purpose in the Pain. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 26, please. We're going to read 14 verses. I'm going to lay out how I think and see that Jesus changed how we relate to pain for all time. And I believe that there is such freedom for people in this room tonight. In areas you didn't even know you needed freedom in. In areas you thought you never would get freedom. And Jesus is going to example this to all of us. Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. It's 14 messages, hang in there. 14 verses, rather. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass, unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you have come to do. <clears throat> Sterling, phenomenal job with the communion message. Way to be. Do you realize that that story that I just read happened immediately after what we just entered into with communion? That the disciples were in the upper room celebrating the Passover, for them a holiday since their childhoods. And Jesus is saying, yeah, it's going to get a little off from here. And he takes them to a place called Gethsemane 
means olive press, to prepare himself and them for the trial, the tribulation, the breakthrough that he was about to take upon himself to set free every single human soul for all time ever, full stop. That's what Jesus is doing here. Let's set the picture like this. Let's, let's, let's up the ante a little. Jesus is kneeling in prayer and he is so much pressure on him, according to the gospel of Luke, that he is sweating as if drops of blood. Then the rest of the scene, he, he's, he's pulled. Judas has already left to betray him, but, but eight other disciples, he leaves on the outside of this epicenter that he's going to. Then he takes James, John, and Peter and pulls them close. He would usually pull James, John, and Peter close. They also carried a greater weight as the church started, by the way. The reason I feel like I have anything to say right now is because I found people who had some sort of anointing. I found people who had something spiritually that I did not, and I got close to them. I'll leave that there. So Jesus is here. James, John, Peter, the eight. Are you following what's set up here? Okay. Now picture every mistake. Well, let's use me as the example, okay? Because you haven't made any mistakes. <laughs> but let's take every mistake that I've ever made and put them in a bag, reusable shopping bag here in Southern California, fine. Gucci backpack, for my mistakes, probably a hockey bag. But take every mistake that you have ever made, every sinful thought, every single thing that is against the will of God, intentional or unintentional, put it in this bag, walk over to Jesus, drop it on him. Now multiply that, just alive on earth today, seven billion bags. And you wonder why it was a little heavy. <laughs> Jesus says, now stay and pray. They don't know what's going on, but Jesus is going through so much soul-rending pain. He loved every single one of us so much so that to feel any separation at all was gut-wrenching to him. And he was doing it at such a rate with so much pain. And look at how it ends. This is very interesting. Judas finally walks through the garden after he's gone to the disciples, pray for me, Ugh, pray for me, Ugh, pray for me. All right, you idiots, you missed the opportunity. You were supposed to be praying, remember, so you don't fall into temptation. And now betrayal, temptation, pain, the carrier of the thing that is there to do damage walks into the garden. Eight of the disciples initially, in the words of Duck Dynasty, they gone. Deuces, we out. Okay, they, that is one of the temptations that we can face while under tremendous pain. We run. The, the second is exampled already by the disciples. We numb out. We turn to pornography. We turn to gossip. We turn to Instagram. We turn to numbing out. The pain is so present that we have to numb out. And then... We have the New Yorker of the group, Peter, that as the scribes come in with clubs, he stands up with a sword, goes, there goes your ear. We're done. I got this. And Jesus is like, you idiot, what are you doing? And he heals the guys he here. <laughs> Peter responds to the pain by trying to manipulate and control. Jesus shows us the right way spiritually to deal with tremendous pain. He steps through the numbness. 
He pushes aside the control. In fact, he rights the wrong. He forgives those that fleed and he steps towards his betrayer and he's done such deep spiritual work that he looks at him and says, friend, do what you have come to do. What does it look like in your life, church? The painful experiences that you have been through to allow God such space to presence in your pain so that you might look at anything that comes your way to say, friend, do what you have come to do. Here's how I learned this. I said we were 29 weeks pregnant. We're doing June. Last year, we started off pregnant as well. And February the 10th, we went down to Sharp Mary Birch Hospital right around the corner. And we thought we would go in for a routine checkup. Um, we thought we had a bladder infection or, well, the doctors pulled us into the room and they, they said, well, we're so sorry. You guys are 22 weeks along, just over halfway with the pregnancy, but you're going into labor. We, we, we're going to try for something called a cerclage to hold your son in. But at this deep into this, this, this young in the gestation, it, it doesn't look good. There's no such thing called viability right now. And, and we checked my wife in, we, we put her in, my, my two other girls were at home and, and I thought that we would just go to the hospital and we would be right back to them. So that's what I said to them. Well, we're, we're hoping that the, the labor calms down enough so they can put that cerclage in. So I go home and I tend to our girls and, and I'm, I'm on the couch about midnight and I get a call from the doctors and the doctors say, Mr. Rooney, I'm so sorry. Uh, you're going to have to come down here. We're, we're not going to be able to get that procedure done. Your wife is about to deliver. <clears throat> you need to come here. And the, the option that was given us was to hold our son from anywhere between a minute and a half to uh, about 15 minutes and then he would pass away. Well, Monday morning rolls around, the little sucker's still not born. <laughs> he had his own plan. My wife heard the name Callan in a prayer time. Callan means powerful in battle or brave little battler. A word from God can change everything. Everything. So I went back. I gathered the doctors. I said, I'm not sure if there's viability according to science, but I think God's trying to do something different here. So what are we going to do? How can we try and help this guy? If he's going to fight, we're going to fight with him. And four days later, my wife and I worked together. Four days later, we gave him time. We gave him lung development. And at 22 weeks, 2% chance of even staying alive at all. He was born crying. They got a tube in him. They got uh, tubes through his umbilicus to keep him alive. And he started fighting. And that's my son, Callan. I will not tell you about the bumper sticker I want to print that says, my 22-weeker is stronger than your honored student. I will not tell you about that. <laughs> But that little guy, my hero, he lived for 21 days. And on the 21st day, he developed a massive infection and he passed away. This was supposed to be an overthrow, Jesus. This was supposed to be you coming in and taking over the Roman government. This is not supposed to end in you getting whipped and beaten and this, no. Peter says, no. I worked for the youth ministry. I spent my whole life developing other people's children and God, now it's time for mine? Where are you? 
And why am I passionate about this? Because I was lost. I was scared. I was numbing out. I was trying to control. I was a lion in areas of my life, but all I was doing was damage. I was running from the things that could bring me breakthrough in God. Have you ever experienced pain like that? I don't mean like mine. I mean, I believe everyone in life will go through their Callan moment. And Jesus is declaring in the garden of Gethsemane, I got you. I went through it too. Scripture says that he is our high priest who is able to empathize with every single thing we can go through because he went through every single thing we went through. There wasn't a depth of pain I experienced in losing my son that he himself hadn't been through seven billion times more. And if we want to overcome pain, little Christian, little Christ, Christian, then we should at least act how he acts to find a way within ourselves to step through that painful experience. I now look a year after standing on this stage, taking it to the devil when he took it at me. To say, friend, do what you have come to do in this whole room, not just in my life, not just in his life, in all of our lives. Would you have any interest in learning how to do that as I have? (laughs) Jesus gives it to us in three very simple words. Watch with Watch with me. Do you know that I don't believe for one second that that God authors the painful things in our life? I don't believe that he somehow removed his hand off of my son. I don't believe that he somehow removed his hand off of the hopes in your life. I believe that there is an enemy on this planet that has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the best thing we can do, church, is simply be aware of him. His number one tactic is deceit. I'm going to convince you that God can still move in your situation, I hope, here within these last few minutes we have. And the first thing that we have to do, that we have to learn to do, is to watch. Watch. We have to embrace the pain that we're going through. Has anyone ever seen the movie King Arthur, Legend of the Sword? I watch it on repeat pretty much. Um, (laughs) Arthur is orphaned because his evil uncle, Vortigan, kills his parents when he's still a baby to try and usurp the throne, which he ends up doing, and take the sword that is his inheritance and his bloodline and his power. And Arthur is put into a brothel to be raised. Well, that same individual who had the kingliness on the inside of him finds success in a brothel. So much success that he's so well known in London that he he eventually is caught and taken to pull the sword out of the stone and his inheritance is still secure So he pulls the sword out of the stone, but the power is so great and his character is so low that he can't hold it and he falls under the power of it. And he gets a spiritual guide that tells him that the way forward to understand his inheritance is actually to look into the most painful places in his past. Watch. Watch with me. Watch, church. So at the end of the movie, he finally looks back enough to see the scene of Vortigan killing his mother, killing his father, the one place he doesn't want to look at. And finally, he fights Vortigan with almost half of his strength. And, and it's, it's incredible. I won't spoil the ending for you, I promise, okay? So he fights Vortigan and he gets knocked down and he hits his head on the ground and he goes into this vision. And in this vision, his father is there waiting for him. Just like it's always been, except this time, his father looks him dead in the eye and says, you don't have to run anymore, son. 
You don't have to look away. The sword is yours, son. Take it. And he gets back up. And he looks at Vortigan and goes, you want to know what gave me such drive? Because earlier in the movie, Vortigan had challenged him. Where did you come up with this drive? He said, you wanted to know what gave me such drive. It was you. You put me in that brothel. You cut me on those streets. I am here now because of you. And the very thing that he had been convinced had unmade him now makes him and gives him the power. I won't tell you how it ends. Gives him the power to do something. How many of us, church, how many of us have given the ground of our biggest defeat to the enemy because we'll simply look away every time it comes? I had to learn to fix my eyes. I had to learn to stare at the painful place that Jesus had always been with me with. Why? Why was I able to find that strength? Watch me. Watch. No, watch with me. Watch with me. Jesus pulls the disciples close. When I was hurting, I didn't want anyone close to me. I wanted to curl up in a corner. But I knew I couldn't do it on my own. See, that ground that we have to take back is never meant to be retaken alone. You know, the Monday that we were about to go into birth, I called Pastor John on the way over to the hospital. And I said this to him. I said, John, I don't have the faith for this. I need your faith. And we prayed on the phone together and he came over to the hospital and he prayed with us. And that was a turning point for me. I never looked back after that. I knew what my job was, regardless of the outcome. I knew that my back was had Watch with. Jesus is still willing, church. Even though you feel alone, even though you feel separated, even though you feel like no one sees that thing and you're so loath to talk about it. You know where I got freedom? In talking about it not when I wanted to. You, you know, here's, here's a little something. One of the biggest scriptures we use as Christians to describe our feelings is this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not be anxious for anything but by all things in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It says, do not be anxious. It does not say, do not feel anxious. I had to learn to participate with my feelings in a very big way. They were not going away because I beat them into the whack-a-mole with scripture. <laughs> my son had died. But I learned, do not be do not act anxious. Do not act out of my feeling. I learned to feel my feeling while still acting in faith, still moving with God, still taking my feelings in the back seat and going, that's my destiny, or I wouldn't be here on this stage right now. Watch with. What could you do in this place if you just let somebody know? If you said, come back into this place with me, I'm afraid, I'm beat up, I'm experiencing pain, but would you come with me? We haven't retaken the ground yet because we haven't stepped up to say there is a conquering force coming for that devil. You're on notice. But you and your squad versus me and my God, you ain't finna win that. Watch with. Are you in a connect group? I know it's simple, but are you in a connect group? Have you gotten care in the areas that you need? 
Have you let a father or mother in this church, young people, reset your identity to the station of Jesus, to the thoughts of Jesus? Do you orient every single area of your life to the word of God? You can learn that with people. We're supposed to learn that with people. There is no greater fireplace for the kingdom of God and the power and fire that it brings than the local church and the way it functions. There is none. There still won't be. Even if you're watching online, call in, find someone, watch with. But here's where it gets really cool. And we can have the keys come up if you don't mind. He doesn't just say watch and he doesn't just say watch with. He says, watch with me. Watch with me. See, Jesus is here presenting himself as the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. He is meek. He is humble. He is taking it on the chin for all of eternity right now. But that same God is still the lion of Judah. That same God that was willing to take the beating, take the pain, take the beard being ripped out, to take the betrayal, was still there going, yeah, yeah, just you can roll the stone in front of the tomb if you want, but three days from now, I won't be here. (laughs) Watch with me. You see, as I was holding my son for the last time, this is really where I was shown the purpose of this pain in a lot of ways. So I was holding my son for what I knew would be the last time, that 21st day, where we took Callan and they put us in a side room and holding the little guy on our chest to connect with him before we knew we were gonna send him home to his heavenly father. Pain. I prayed very specifically. I said, God, I don't know how this works. I don't know how to put my heart back together. You do. And and before we pull the life support out of them, I wanna feel your angelic presence. I wanna feel angels here in this room. I wanna engage with your sense of peace. I want that. I prayed this as strongly as I ever prayed anything, but I said to God, I want to see the kingdom. I want to see physically here, tangibly now in this room, what my son is about to see. And we held him, and it was some of the sweetest moments we ever shared with our little boy. And I saw nothing. (laughs) So I just go, okay, God, one more thing to take up with you later. I got a whole list now. So So I go out to the car to get Issa's car. We had taken two separate cars that day. And I got a call from a man who's become a mentor of mine. He and his wife were very familiar with what Issa and I were going through. They were very supportive. And he's a world-renowned public speaker. He, he, a guy named Brian Buffini, and he lives here in town. And Brian is the type of individual that if he calls, my friends, you do answer. <laughs> but I had a good excuse, so I didn't. So I was walking out the car, and I put Issa in the car, and, and we got home. We, I'm, we were driving home, excuse me. And I thought to myself, do I call this guy back? And I thought to myself, yeah, I, I do. So I, I called him and he's, he answers the phone. He says, how you doing, Jim? And I said, oh, not so good, Mr. B. Callan just passed away. And he said, what time? What? What time? 
I, I kind of gathered myself and I said, well, actually, Mr. B, the, the time of death was uh, pronounced at 5.55 p.m. And he said, well, let me tell you something, Jim. I went down to Torrey Pines Beach to catch the sunset and pray. And I wasn't praying about you. <laughs> and a guy like him says that, I believe him, it's okay. <laughs> but he said, I felt God tell me to take a picture of the sunset and I felt like that was stupid because it was all gray, it was completely gray. And he said, but when I looked down to take a picture of the sky, my phone said 5.55 p.m. And when I went to take a picture of the sky, what had been all gray had turned into the most beautiful sunset that I had ever seen. And as I took that, I, I haven't heard the audible voice of God in my life much. This man has been a Christian for a long time. He said, I heard the audible voice of God say, Callan is mine. Trust me. Brian, you are mine. Trust me. His oldest son's name is AJ. AJ is mine. Trust me. Church, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know the Gethsemane moments that you have had in your life, but I know this. My God, my God is willing to supply all your need according to the riches in his glory by Christ Jesus. He can work on the minute. He can work in your heart. He can do whatever he needs to get a message to you that says in your deepest pain, in your deepest weakness, I got you. You can watch. You can watch with others, but don't forget ever that you are watching with me. That's my story. <laughs> but I had to learn every day from then to this, how to lather, rinse, repeat. Because my heart went through some dark things and I needed an anchor. I needed a reminder that God himself still had me. I'm not so arrogant to think that I'm the only one who's been through stuff in this room. I just happened to go through something that was socially acceptable for me to be able to raise my hand and go, I can't do this. We don't get that with a divorce. We don't get that with losing a parent. We don't get that with being wrecked financially. We don't get that with so many fears in our world. Suck it up, rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. No, you won't be. Jesus is here to declare, unless you deal with it at a very deep level, no, you won't be. My kingdom is completely about healing. It's about sending healed people to heal people. What could you do here today? What business could you do with God on this altar to say not one more day will I let the devil step in to hold this ground? I am gonna watch long enough to see what I need to see. I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna watch with people in this place. And I'm gonna become immensely aware that the God of the universe is in that pain with me. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 